Welcome to All Power to the Developing, a podcast of the Eastside Institute, where social justice, human development, and community building come together. This is where you will meet activists, artists, teachers, scholars, helpers, and healers who are bringing creativity, hope, and possibility to individuals and communities all over the world. Welcome, welcome, everyone, to All Power to the Developing. This is your host, Desiree Wanden, Des for short. And today, I have two very special guests with me today. Our first guest is a coach, author, speaker, and trainer. She is the founder of ZPT Coaching and has been practicing social therapeutics for 25 years. I have with me, Carrie Sackett. And our second guest is a therapist, trainer, relationship coach, and performance activist, has been practicing since the early 1980s and operates the Atlanta Center for Social Therapy. Mary Dabby. And together, they have co-authored Social Therapeutic Coaching, a practical guide to group and couples work. How is everyone doing today? Fine. I'm good. Hi, Des. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, yes, yes. It's very exciting. Um, you guys are out with a book. There's a book on the way. So That's this has amazing. to be you know, a very exciting time for both of you. And I'm very excited to get into the book and for people to learn a little bit more about both of you. Of course, Murray, you've already kind of been on the show already. You are a inaugural guest. Um, we thank you for that. But um, we have both of you on the show, and we're going to get into everything right now. So first, I want to start with social therapeutics, right? Mm. You've been practicing social therapeutics for 25 years. Uh, Carrie Sackett and Murray Dabby have been practicing social therapeutics since the 1980s. I mean, um, what, for people that are not familiar with that term, for people that are not familiar with social therapeutics, what can you tell the people about social therapeutics? Hmm. Um, I guess I'll start, Carrie. Um, uh, and you could kind of add and continue. Um one way there's so many ways to talk about social therapeutics but one way i just think about it is that it's a non-diagnostic group oriented approach uh but what that also means is that it's um a de development from the uh the the approaches that that really uh tend to be in the world around therapy which is focusing on the primacy of the individual as the central, um, the central thing. What we do is we work with groups, whether it's a, another person or a couple or a group of people, and we work with the group to create an environment where people build the conditions for their own cure, build the conditions for their own development, build the conditions together with the coach and support the coach to lead them uh, to do that. So uh, that's one way to talk about it. Mm. Um, I don't know, Carrie, you want to add anything? I love what you're saying. I, um, I would say that the, the outcome of the work, so to speak, is, is 
emotional growth, which we write about in the group in the book as something that actually isn't very well defined in the world. So social therapeutics is unique in its method and practice and helps seize humans uh, as uh, human activity as continuous life development. Mm-hmm. Where, where does the social therapeutic approach um, come originate for you, um, Marie? And where does it originate for you? Where does it go back to for you personally, um, Carrie Sack and, and Mary Dabby? Yeah. Well, you know, for me, I was I was working in some fairly prestigious uh, psychological and psychiatric um, uh, establishments. Uh, I was a research assistant uh, at Cornell Medical Center, New York Hospital, and I found so much of that work wanting um, because uh, I was seeing that you know, with with all the hard work, resources, incredible, uh, and and quite brilliant therapists there, people still left with a sense of aloneness and isolation. Um, and I was unhappy with that, and I wasn't sure what to do. And during that time, I met uh, some of the folks that were founders of the social therapeutic approach that we're beginning to talk about how to do something different and looking at the limitations of, you know, traditional psychology and traditional psychiatry. Um, and, uh, you know, we learned from Fred Newman, Lois Holtzman, who were leaders in that work, um, that, um, uh, that, that, you, that the, the idea of looking at us as social was missing and creating environments where we could create socially together and create our own mental health was missing. So that's, uh, that's, you know, for me, and that was back in the late seventies. And as you said, then I began training in it during that time. And by the early eighties, finished a training program and started, uh, practicing, you know, and then it was in New York city. Uh, I later moved to Atlanta. So, thank you. And for me, I I came around, I don't know, ten years later or so. So social therapeutics was already more developed, and it was the period when the founders, co-founders, Fred Lew- Fred Newman and Lois Holtzman had were starting to write books on the methodology and the things they were discovering. So I was coming out of college, critical, wanting to be a psychologist, critical of traditional psychology and wanting to look for social innovators, people who were who were cutting a new path in the name of human development. And I I just by chance I found the Eastside Institute and trained with Fred and Lois and other um, early leaders of the social therapeutic method. And um um, as Fred used to say, I, I, I came young into this so that I kind of grew up in social therapeutics. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have to spend that much time comparing and contrasting to mm-hmm. tr- how I, you know, traditional psychology. Mm-hmm. I was young and, um, on my way to becoming a therapist, but 
I just couldn't sit in a chair all day long like that. And so I had to I had to get out and I went into the corporate world. I took the social therapeutic method with me and ultimately had a career in change management and employee engagement, which are groups. I was relating to the group of the company or the organization. Today, that's part, that's a, a field within coaching, actually. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then ah, about 10 years ago, uh, I guess you could say uh, my true love, the calling, I kept feeling that I wanted to get back into working with people to grow emotionally and to build community without being in some kind of superstructure. So I started, I, I discovered the world of coaching. Mm-hmm. which is where social innovators were heading to be able to, to do new kinds of things. And, um, and then I started my practice. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing both of you. When, when I think of social therapeutics, I often think of it kind of like as a tool belt, but ironically an invisible <laughs> tool belt. <laughs> um, how did, you know, cause I'm imagining you two, although you have a thirst for, something new, something innovative, right? And you find this approach, it's still new to you, right? Some of the elements are new to you and you're trying to implement them into your work. How did that look for you in the beginning of your your, your coaching practice? How did social in, uh, therapeutics influence your your therapy your as, as a therapist um, and your coaching practice, um, Murray and Carrie? Like, how did, it, how did it look initially? What were some of the challenges incorporating it initially into your work? Yeah. Yeah. For, for me, unlike, unlike Carrie, who was coming in, you know, right out of college and like you said, being, you know, growing up in social therapy, I was already a little bit trained. Um, I had worked with uh, many, uh, you know, sometimes difficult, but sometimes very wonderful uh, therapeutic mentors and teachers. Cause I, had started the field in about 72, actually, as a student volunteering at, you know, at Bronx Psychiatric Center and Albert Einstein College of Medicine and had some, you know, did did groups then and and family work even back then. Um, But the difference is that, and the challenge is that when you do that kind of work, you're trained to to know what you're doing, to, to be a knower, you know, in a way to have um, some framework that you're then trying to utilize and it's a lens through which you look. And when you talk about, you know, the toolbox, I think, and, and I like that invisible tool, it's, it's also even beyond that to me, it's you're continually creating tools. Uh, that's, what, that's, that's what it is. You're, you're trying to work with a client to create a tools together in a group to help any given it person in that group. And that the challenge to come from a place of knowing and having to know to having to, in a way, be an expert in not knowing anything at all and using a methodology, a practice where you're creating with someone else uh, is you know, is, is always challenging because then I, I question my, I still question myself, you know, I mean, and in some ways it's always um, a work in progress because it's developing something anew every time. 
and I have a lot of things I know and a lot of things I'm well trained in, but that's not what I, what, what I lead with. Well, I really like what you're saying, Marie, about the not knowing. Mm -hmm. I think that's, I think no matter what, we live in such a knowing world that, that we're, we're always um, in this work attending to not knowing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And trying to, in coaching, we would say, stay really present in the moment mm -hmm. and build with what's emerging. Yeah. And what social therapeutics adds to that, many, many things. But in this case, one thing would be um, the concept of performance, which we write about extensively in the book, where we can see life as a performance, where we're, we're taking the, the tools of theater off the stage and into everyday life. Um, there's more to say on that, but um, are we answering your question, Des? Yes, yes. Um, yeah. Thank you. Whether you're a, a you know, I just want to build off something you said because you guys are talking about knowing and, mm -hmm. and how social therapeutics kind of goes into this non-knowing direction. Whether you're a therapist or whether you're a student or whether you're a, you know, a construction worker, like you said, Carrie, life is predicated on knowing, right? Mm -hmm. And what if someone is like, what do you mean not knowing? Like, I don't, like, I don't need to know. Like, yes, information is what you need to, to move forward in life. I need yeah. to know where I'm going. Where, what do you say to someone like that? Or what, what, what can you say to someone and what do, can you offer to someone who feels that way? And can you explain the benefits or, or can you explain not knowing growing? Well, first of all, um, it's, it's such an experiential process mm. that um, that is what our clients learn how to do. They mm -hmm. learn how to keep going without knowing where they're going. That's one, you know, it's, uh, you can reduce elements of social therapeutics into little bites and that, but that's, and that's one of them is that the muscles that the relational muscles that people grow in our groups uh, include muscles to keep going, even when you don't know where you're going mm -hmm. yeah. to do that with others, because social therapeutics was engineered from the get-go as a group based approach. Yeah. It's not um, a, an individual approach that gets slapped onto groups. It was born as an, a group-based approach, and we share we share a little bit of that history, also. Yeah, yeah, and and to build on that, that's great, Carrie. And to build on that, I think when you think about it, most of the wonderful things and creative things that people have done, and how we learn, and when you think about that as a child, we don't have to know before doing something. Uh, you know, we've come to learn that and come to be socialized that we need to know, you know, education, you know, pounds that into you as soon as you get into the first grade. But um, when you're creative, when you're uh, artistic, when you're dancing, when you're talking, uh, we start doing it without knowing how to do it at all. And we have, a, you know, a, a, you know, we have families and communities that support 
moving ahead and going forward even with with that and you know with a client that's bringing up that challenge you know it's important to look at like what it means for them to need to know you know how how did they come to that and also um you know to build on what what Kerry is saying also we work to build our relationship with one another out of those kinds of important conversations you know out of exploring the vulnerability that we might go through when we have to sort of let go of these foundational you know bedrocks for people you know yeah not knowing growing it's it could be um scary but um mm -hmm. social therapeutics can sometimes be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh yeah, and that's that's mm -hmm. a that's an element of it. That's um, a part of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For for the client and the and the coach and the therapist. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that uh, I remember Fred once saying that if you're not if you're not feeling uncomfortable doing the work, uh, that means you yourself as you know a, a person in that group that's leading that group, and you're not uncomfortable, you're probably just you know, taking it easy and phoning it in or doing what's, you know, what's comfortable. You you need to be growing through the process. Yeah. Yeah. Listening to you to speak, I mean, just not in these last 15 minutes, but of course, knowing about both your works, you're like two social therapeutic giants, right? Now you two are coming together. You, you both have, you both influenced by social therapeutics in your work, but you both have you're both separate you both have your separate practices right so much that you've seen on your side carrie sackett and so much that you've seen on your side murray Dabby. but mm -hmm. now you're coming together to co-create co-author this book social therapeutic coaching a practical guide to group and couples work where does that start for both of you um the hmm. the um idea to write this book and i know carrie you're an author already so how did this process maybe different from previous process um writing some of your other things well this is this is our first book in my first book murray's first book so mm -hmm. um i mean the i mean this book would not exist without lois holtzman and fred newman and the heavy lifting that they have done for decades in in creating a social therapeutic method which is published, which is has real intellectual grounding and footing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we we walked into an opportunity because in the coaching world, um, it's very fluid. And um, Routledge Press sent out a survey to coaches to find out what resources we use to keep advancing our work. And um, through that survey, they asked a question about if uh, if, you know, if I was writing a book. So I said, of course I'm writing a book. I, mean, <laughs> I made that up. But I said, of course I'm writing a book. And furthermore, it's on social therapeutic coaching and group and couples work, which is based on um, a method that you all have already published on. So this is a real, social therapeutics is a real practice in the world. There are hundreds and hundreds of practitioners around the globe therapists, coaches, educators, business people, community leaders, performance activists, 
who use this approach. It's very flexible. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're standing on the shoulders of a lot of people and really walked into the opportunity here. Yeah. And then we figure out how to write it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know, so Kerry put in that question, they sent a proposal, and then she actually went to Lois and said, ah, what do I do? <laughs> and Lois said, uh, why don't you partner up with me, with Murray Dabby, uh, to figure out how to write that. And, and you know, I, I, I've, you know, authored or co-authored a couple of articles, you know, that were published in the past, but I never thought of myself as writing a book. But when that opportunity came up and I knew I would be doing it with Carrie, and when we started talking about it together, we just really hit it off right away as, um, you know, that we were going to be terrific uh, in the, like in the improv world, yes and collaborators. We build on whatever it is that we give to the process, and um, and it, it was just continuous. There were, you know, there, I mean, you know, there were moments of s- s- re-steering the boat, so to speak. But but we just really did such an amazing job in in collaborating, you know. Give us a little insight into the collaboration. Were you taking particular elements from your your work and sh- and sharing what you've experienced in group work and sharing that with Carrie and then Carrie vice versa? Were you saying this is what I've I've experienced in group work or couples work and sharing that with and cross referencing or were you give us a little yeah. insight to the process? So, yeah, we the main challenge was to take to practicalize the practice of the method. So the hat we had to wear as we were talking was the hat of the reader, Mm -hmm. coach of the therapist, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and activist of the HR leader of the team coach. Mm -hmm. We had to take all of what we've lived Murray in his particular way, me in my particular way. And, um, and, distill that into something that was practical and accessible for, for folks. Yeah. And then, and Murray has a huge, he has a such depth of knowledge in the history of group work and couples work. And, um, and then we also, and then we, the, the, there's over 30, um, um, excerpts from group and couple sessions in the book. So the first mm-hmm. half of the book is practical is a uh, theoretical ish mm-hmm. and the second half is practical practical. So we we've merged our practices in those examples. Mm-hmm. Those together. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and and go ahead Mary. Oh yeah, no, I was just going to say I love what Carrie's saying and so so right and it was it's interesting because uh, Kerry had a strong eye for speaking to the reader. I I, I kind of did too, uh, but I tend to do that more conversationally. So when I wrote, I would send to Kerry like an excerpt or a piece that I would wrote, uh, would write, you know, and and Kerry would you know take a look at it and you know really take a a critical eye in the best possible way of saying. How do we come? How do we make this come across to the reader? You know, how do we bring this together? 
and you know i've i had to learn as a writer you know which i didn't regard myself as a writer but i performed as a writer how to let go of the ego investment in what i wrote uh so that we together could write something and create something that that you know uh that that came across well so so you know i find what i find so interesting is it would seem that you two as authors did a bit of not knowing growing here in this process too uh very true yeah, <laughs> yeah. my god did we yeah <laughs> It was uh. non-knowing all the way. I mean, it was like, yeah, yeah I, right from the get-go. It's like, yeah. what is this book going to contain in it? How are we going to get the this across? And we had a number of conversations all the way through each chapter about what what we wanted it to look like and and uh, what what were the key elements we wanted to convey um, all the way. And that took work. That took like some exploration and and muddling around, you know, um, to, to, to get there. Yeah. So, yeah. And here we are with a finished project. Uh, oh my. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Coming back. Uh, we're going to take a short commercial break. Coming back. We're going to go dig a little deeper into the book. We're going to get some examples of a little bit of some group work and some couples work. And then we're going to leave off with just some thoughts some thoughts about how this book and how this work could apply in today's world and we're going to get a little bit more deeper with murray and carrie side ladies and gentlemen this is all power to the developing and we'll be right back right after commercial break Melissa Meyer, Associate Director of the Eastside Institute. Welcome to All Power to the Developing. I hope you're enjoying today's conversation. In each episode, we introduce you to some amazing performance activists, play revolutionaries, and developmentalists from around the world who talk to us about their creative grassroots efforts to build a better world. If you like what you hear, please follow and share the series. You can find us on Amazon, Spotify, and Podbean. We'd love to hear your comments and ideas. Like everything at the Institute, the growth of all power to the developing depends upon the people who create it and benefit from it. We hope you're one of them. Thanks for your support. And now back to our conversation. Welcome back to All Power to the Developing. We are here with Carrie Sackett and Mary Dabby, authors of Social Therapeutic Coaching, a practical guide to group and couples work. So there's a word in there, right? A practical guide, right? So this is, I'm walking in Barnes and Nobles. I take this off the shelf. This is supposed to be a, a practical guide. So I want to get into a little bit of some of examples from the book, Um of course, you emphasized in the first part of, of, of the podcast that this focuses on group work, right? Group work and, and, yes. and, and couples work, right? Yes. The, couple, the couples being a kind of group. Yes. yes. So um, what could you share from, could you share some instances or some examples from the book of uh, what someone may be getting in that practical guide of group work? Hmm. Or some concepts that maybe. Well, well, go ahead, Carrie. Uh, one thing I maybe. wanted to 
Yeah. <laughs> no, you go. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, one thing I just wanted to say is, you know, in terms of this question about group and couples and couples being a unique kind of group, mm -hmm. you know, I think I think it's important and I think it, it's a challenge to it because one of the things about working with groups is you're often working with people who don't know each other. And so those relationships are less previously determined uh, in a way when they come in. I mean, they're, you know, it might be determined by the language we use and the societal con and cultural conceptions that people come in when we talk to one another about emotional issues, like this is my problem or this is, you know, this belongs to me. Um, but when you're working in uh, with a couple uh, or, you know, a family, though we didn't talk about families, it was beyond the scope of the book, but couples, couples are often come in with histories of so much predetermination. You know, what, what a couple is, what it's supposed to be, what is a marriage if you're married, what, you know, what does it mean to raise kids together? Um, who, what, what your role is. Um, these are, these are learn roles that we learn in our culture and we no longer think about it as something we create, but it's something we have to often fit into. And so, so there's a different kind of work in that particular group experience that we have to do to help people free up from the limiting uh, frameworks and conceptions that I think couples come in with. So I just wanted to say that as a, you know, as a start. Sure, um, sure. you said something, uh, Mary, you said something there, you said that um, couples are not using, they're not creating their roles, rather they're feeling like they need to fit into a predetermined role, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that where performance comes in? Uh, using social therapeutics performance? And if that is where performance comes in, can you can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh do you want me to or Carrie? Do you yeah, want Carrie, to? I would yeah. also no, yeah. Um yeah, I I I I think of uh you know, I remember Fred Newman writing about the family and the family as a a rehearsal space where we've learned uh, the roles and how to think about those roles and the morality around those roles and the, the meaning of those roles. And if you think about it as a performance space, as a rehearsal space, um, then what that does for me is, and for us, is it brings in this idea that, well, if we can, as actors, learn these scripts, we also, as improvisers, could do something else with it. We could we could create new ways of talking about those very scripts. Uh, we can find new ways of, you know, of of challenging ourselves and each other. Of is this what we want to do? Is this what we want to create? And I think that's a performance uh, that that we're we're looking to um, perform ahead of ourselves into a direction where we don't know what we're doing or we don't know where to go and then we can ask those questions and create an environment where we could improvise new performances i don't know if you how, how that sounds to you carrie and if there's anything you want to 
continue off that. No, I, I, it looks like Des has a question. So. Okay. And, yeah. and, and Carrie, with your work with coaching, right, how does that apply? How does that also apply in, in, in that same regards? Do you take also the coaching work into different settings, group settings, like say a corporate setting that they work together here in, uh, as, a, as a, a group in an office or um, a school setting? How is the coaching dynamic a little different in group work? Um, well, maybe I should say how coaching is different than therapy. Is Would that be helpful? Sure, yes, yes, that'd be excellent. Mm -hmm. Okay, so therapy is, you know, we all kind of, it's so embedded in our culture. I'll say some things that might be, we kind of just already live with that therapy diagnoses people. It's looking at what's happened in your past to explain why you do what you do now or for clues on how to be cured of whatever's going on for you. Um, the therapist has more of an authority in the chair of having that power of telling people who they really are or who they really could be, or I'm speaking in generalities here. Of course, not every therapist does all these things, but the institution of therapy, that, that's, that's more what I'm referring to. Coaching came around and we have a whole uh, a chapter on the book on the history of coaching, followed by mm -hmm. a chapter on the emergence of social therapeutics. And um, coaching emerged in the 70s and 80s as something different than therapy. It wasn't looking at why people were doing something. It was um, how. How are you doing what you're doing? It wasn't looking in the past. It was more like how... You know, how do you want to get the life that you imagine yourself having? Mm -hmm. It literally started with a financial planner who helped people plan more than just their finances. And it grew mm -hmm. from there. It has a very interesting multidisciplinary hit strands that go into it. But it is a clean break with therapy in, in certain ways, as is social therapeutics. So there's a lot of um, wonderful, wonderful overlay there that really, as Lois Holtzman wrote on the back of our book, it enriches both coaching and um, social therapeutics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. For a coach, an author, a speaker, a trainer, what is the reason why they should pick this book up? Um, Maybe they're not too familiar. Maybe they're wanting to explore something different. Um, what would be a, yeah. a couple of reasons why someone would want to pick this book up? Here's um, to the world of practitioners. The book is written to practitioners. So it's for practitioners who are looking for an advanced method because social therapeutics is radically different. Um, so that's to our practitioner audience. Mm -hmm. Obviously, a lot of people who listen to All Power to the Developing are not practitioners, but the, the back half of the book is so practical that anyone who's in a relationship could mm -hmm. read the, the excerpts, yes, make case studies 
and walk away with some new until you know until we write some other book to the general public um they can walk away with lots of good tools to put to use right away in yeah. life mm-hmm. yeah relationships yeah. seem to be today a very hot topic um the world of, of relationships marriage situationships dating online dating and everything in <laughs> yeah. between um it seems to be a very very hot topic right now i mean um there's so many podcasts, literature, uh, books, movies, different things. What are some things that you're seeing in your work um, that maybe even if it's, it's whether it's in the book, not in the book, what are some things that you're seeing that has evolved in your work? I mean, both of you are longtime practitioners in this field. So I'm sure the relationship of 1997 is not the relationship of 2006. And the relationship of 2006 is not the relationship of 2015. And it's sure not the relationship of 2023. Mm-hmm. So what are some, mm-hmm. some, some things that you're seeing in your work? And um, how is social therapeutics impacting um, how you're looking at the modern relationship today? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that people often, as much as there's passion for relationships and, you know, and, and it is the hot topic, people often don't know how to talk to one another. Mm. Um, I, I was just thinking about a couple session I did this morning with this very sweet couple, very, uh, very um, creative, artistic um, human and another person who was uh, feeling left out of that. And, and, and the way that they talk about managing that or working together is more problem solving and trying to manage time and trying to manage how they do that and how they'll handle the kids in the meantime. But what's deeper in that is their feelings for one another, their, their, their ability to, to share the importance that the relationship has to both of them. Uh, and in not sharing that, interestingly, what we worked on today is how they both feel left out. They both feel kind of unseen when they focus on how do you manage this situation? How do you work this out? How do you set the timing so we spend an hour together here? Or how do you do this? How do you do that? So that's just one example of people not knowing, in a way, how to have relational conversations, to include who we are in the conversation rather than focusing on the objective kind of, you know, uh, managing of it. Yeah. You know, to be able to hear a therapist say or a coach say, how do you feel talking to me? How do you feel listening to this other human next to you who you love say what they're, she or he is saying to you about, you know, what they're going through, what they're needing? So I, I think that I think that we have, you know, a culture that sort of teaches us to be more oriented to the you know, to, in a way, you know, the management of relationships rather than the creation of them. Mm. That reminds me of what you were speaking of, Carrie, earlier when you were talking about being present. <laughs> you were talking about being present earlier. What yeah. are some things yeah. that, that um, you noticed in your, your um, work? On the yeah. Evolution of- we do a lot of work in, in group and in couples work uh, to, 
to create an environment in which people can babble, go beyond themselves and and give, we use the word give, uh-huh. giving activity, what's going on for them emotionally in the moment. Uh-huh. And that it's a hard thing for people to do. And you have to create an environment that can hold that. Uh-huh. That's also a, an activity is the creating the environment. Uh-huh. But the, when our clients discover that they that they can give what's going on for them in the moment they get support to do that and the sky doesn't fall down mm. it's incredibly empowering mm-hmm. you you like you 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 see clients um you know to use the metaphor of the emotional workout um mm. their their emotional muscles growing mm-hmm. when people get a taste of that they want more. That, that's why our groups run for so long is because clients, they come in, they get a sense of what this work is like and, and in couples work as well. And they want, they, they get out, they get unstuck. So how we might say it in coaching in therapy, you might say they get out of crisis, but people stay because they come to see that that this is a place where they can have that kind of emotional workout with others because mm-hmm. it's it's not only the the giving what's going on for you in the moment it's also the impact that that might have on others and other people sharing that we need others to help us see who we yeah. are that's mm-hmm. the group environment or the couple as a smaller group so um yeah beautifully said yeah yeah mm-hmm. thank you so much um Lastly, here, before we wrap up, and I would like to thank both you, Carrie Sackett and Mary Dabby, for being here with us today. Um, oh, yeah, we're, we love we're it. very, very excited for the book. So we're so happy for you to be here with us and speak about the book and speak about social therapeutics and your longtime work. Lastly, um, you're both longtime practitioners. You're both are coaches, authors, speakers, trainers, helping people with this social therapeutic approach. You said something, Carrie, that um, you said crisis. A lot of people, mm-hmm. when they think of what's going on today in the world, economically, financially, wars, um, resources, it's such a, t- a, a moment of crisis or it's a crisis. How, the resiliency that both of you built up, how do you two just continue on day to day in your work and your world with all of this. I mean, you're, you're listening to people speak about their lives, about their emotionality, about personal deep things to you. I'm sure within your own lives, you're experiencing, I mean, you're experiencing emotionality, deep things with you. Uh Um, The resiliency that it takes to continue to do this work year in, year out for as many years as you've done it. Can you give a, a, a kind of a message to other people, other coaches, other authors, other speakers, trainers in the world? Well, I with your with your question, which I really appreciate, the byproduct of how I think this is how we see this, Murray and I, and I think we convey this in the book, 
a byproduct of how the world is organized today is not only what's hap happening and what we're experiencing socially, politically, economically, um, there is a, an emotionality to what living in this moment in human history. And what we're saying in the book is that the tools available to us to address that emotionality, those tools are behind the times. Mm -hmm. They worked 50, 70, 100 years ago when psychology was born, you could say it was the tool adapted for that moment. We are living in a totally different moment now. Mm -hmm. So social therapeutics, because of how it was created and how it's a practice of method, how you can't, uh, it, you just can't take it off the shelf and apply it onto a situation. Mm -hmm. um, it turns out that social therapeutics is um, an answer to addressing the emotionality, the crisis of loneliness in the world today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we really want to encourage and invite everyone who's listening to this podcast to go get this book, get your feet wet, and then reach us so that we can continue to grow this community of people who want to bring the new tools that human population needs to navigate mm -hmm. certain times yeah yes yes thank you so much both of you yeah, um, beautiful is there anything that you would like to promote anything um coming up very soon or any way for people to keep in touch with your work mm -hmm. i'm sure i mean with carrie and i are busy at all kinds of projects and doing things um uh, you know, in in uh, Atlanta, one of the things I'm doing is a uh, an improv uh, class that I do for people with that want to develop social connections, social confidence, and it's it starts uh, later in February. I also throughout the year um, run and co-teach uh, uh, a a course that's online, it's virtual. Uh, called Couples College, you know, it's 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 a skill building course, but it's also a relationship building course, and um, and uh, it's a wonderful course um, uh, for couples. Um, you know, there's, I think we're 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 creating new things all the time, but that's what's coming up for me. Okay, you know? no doubt. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and everyone should check. Murray's uh, the social anxiety online seminars. They're fabulous. Um, I myself am starting a life development group, a social therapeutic group. It's a, it's a short-term six-week group in January. It's going to run Tuesdays starting January 30th. And I invite anyone. I, I'm virtual and my clients come from all over the world. So I invite everyone to reach me at ZPD coaching. That's my website. You can find me there. ZPD as in Lev Vygotsky, ZPD coaching and, um, and join me, start developing, start growing emotionally. Yes. Yes. And yes, yes. <laughs> the reason we're here, the book, social therapeutic coaching, a practical guide to group 
Couples Work is available on Amazon.com. Go on there and get your copy. You better get it fast because it's going to fly off the shelves. I guarantee you that. Listen yeah. up. All Power to the Developing is available on all major platforms. Amazon Prime, Google Play, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartMedia, and more. If you would like to let us know what you think of the podcast, you can write to us at podcast at eastsideinstitute.org. I repeat, podcast at eastsideinstitute.org. Write to us. Let us know how you love this podcast. Let us know how you love the book. We would love to share with Carrie and Murray. This is All Power to Developing. We wish everyone a blessed, blessed holiday season and a new year. And thank you so much. All power to the developing. All Power to the Developing was made possible in part by Growing Social Therapeutics, the Baylor Wolf Fund.